What's up, Irish fans? Locked on Irish podcast coming at you. A special Sunday edition episode. Didn't get at it yesterday, but we are coming at you on a Sunday. Haven't done one of these in a while. I'm Greg Schaefer, your lead host. Stoked to be with you guys. Hope to get your week started off a little early with some Irish content. Should be a good one today. We're actually going to record the Monday show later on tonight. And then I have a radio appearance here locally, so I should be pretty well sick of hearing myself talk. But the best part about it is, if you go back, or if I go back and re-listen, at least I agree with everything that I say, right? So make sure you're following us out there on Twitter, at LockedOnIrish, on Facebook, at LockedOnIrish, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all those podcast apps. Drop the music right there. Usually I fade it out. That was just a, that was just a mic drop right there. How's everybody doing out there? Got a Clemson preview coming your way today. Going to talk a little bit of the XFL, and I uh, had a, I think Jaron Jones played yesterday, right? I know it was it was well received, so we'll talk about that some. We're also going to talk defensive recruits, class of 2020. Who are you most excited about? Uh, who do you think is going to have the biggest impact, long term or term, long term or short term? And what else are we going to get into today? Obviously, some college basketball. Oh, we've got nine guys going to the Combine. That's what, as I drop my post-it notes here. Nine guys going to the Combine. Let's discuss uh, how, you know, uh, how exactly the Combine can help or hurt some of these individuals. So we kick off, though, with college basketball. It is college basketball season. Everybody should be in mourning today. This is your first Sunday without any... F- this is like the first weekend without known football, popular football, no college, no pro. Super Bowl's over. Yes, XFL is here. Uh, I want to know later on how it's kind of satisfying your appetite for football. Uh, But before that, again, college basketball season, one thing at a time, right? Uh, First thing I want to say is, man, was there a more less anticipated Duke-North Carolina matchup? I mean, I didn't turn it on till the very end and everybody was, I, I was like, well, let's see. I just want to check the score. You know, as a sports fan, I don't have a dog in the fight. Actually, I usually pull for North Carolina in that battle. But I was like, well, I'll check it, you know, be a good, do my due diligence, be a good sports fan. And I was like, oh, North Carolina's winning. Uh, that would make total sense and fall in line with everything about this college basketball season. 10 and 12 North Carolina up on a 19 and 3 Duke, who everybody thinks Duke's finding their stride. And looking like Duke, essentially. Well, then North Carolina just just blunders away a, a, a chance in in regulation overtime. I mean, and then the buzzer beater. I mean, just not boxing out, not getting that rebound, and then just sending it to double overtime. Just insane. And they couldn't ask for a better. You know, Trey Jones goes to the line. You think he's a decent free throw shooter. This game's over. He makes one, misses the second. All right, we're going to double overtime. Nope. Then we don't box out on the miss. Crazy stuff. Crazy ending. But I know it was touted as like such an epic win by Duke, but in my opinion, North Carolina just lost that game because it's what bad teams do. They're a bad team. They're 10-13 and 13 now, 3-9 and nine in the ACC. That's a bad basketball team. Cole Anthony looks fine. Uh, he's okay. 24 points. You know, he's finding his stride coming back, but the team's just not good. I mean, I can't tell if he's this good if he's finding his stride or if he's just the only one on the team with any kind of talent. So with that said, talk about Clemson here. 11-11 and 11 coming in on the road. I'm going to be playing some Road Warrior basketball today. Um, you know, I thought this team was better than what they are. I, I really did. I, I really thought that the Clemson Tigers actually, you know, ha- had a decent team. I mean, I, I guess I was kind of – they had a, sm- a strong start. 
you know, they, they did lose to Virginia Tech to open the season, but then did what they were supposed to do with, the, you know, rattled, rattled off, I think, five straight wins, beat Jamie Dixon's TCU, then went on a four-game losing streak. Um, but tough opponents, you know, Colorado's strong this year, Minnesota, Frank Martin, South Carolina, Florida State. Then they lose to Yale, you lose to Miami, come back, beat NC State, beat North Carolina, beat Duke. This is a team that beat Duke at home. And it seems like the wheels have just been kind of falling off down the stretch here. They've lost four of uh, four of their last six, only wins against Wake and Syracuse, who has a one-point win. Syracuse don't know what they want to do. They don't know whether they want to be good or they want to be bad. Believe it or not, though, they're fifth in the ACC right now, 14-9, and 7-5 in the conference, which boggles my mind, but is what it is. This is a game we should win, but because of this season and the way things have gone, and overall, and with us, this is definitely a game that we'll. I could see us finding a way to lose. It's a weird tip-off, 6 o'clock ACC Network on a Sunday night. Uh, Clemson doesn't do much well. I, I wish I could give you more. They're long, and they're athletic, and that always concerns me. I mean, it's a common theme on this show with what concerns me about this team. They're long, they're athletic, and I'm really only going to get into two guys here because I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on Clemson. You don't, really don't want to hear it. I, I did find some information and kind of researching around about what where our tournament kind of prospects are at this point. But two guys I really want to focus on is the forward and the guard. you got Amir Sims, 6'7", 248. I mean, right there, that screams a matchup nightmare. Leads the team in points, 13.4 a game, 7.4 rebounds a game. He is absolutely unsung leader or, you know, unprecedented leader of this team. Um, he's going he's gonna to be a problem. He's going to be definitely a mismatch with athleticism. And then you got a guy like Tevin Mack out there, uh, guard. This is his third school. He's a Texas transfer to Bama and a Bama transfer to Clemson. Uh, I wish I knew more backstory on that because he averaged 14.8 a game for Texas in the 2016-2017 season, averaging 12 a game this year, uh, five and a half rebounds. I mean, 6'6", 225, good player. So we're going to have to shut these guys down. We're going to have to be able to compete with that kind of athleticism. Outside of that, the only other guy they have that started over 20 games is John Newman. Everybody else, their fourth and fifth starters, um, Al Amir Dawes has also started 17 games. And in that fifth starter spot's just kind of been passed around. Clyde Trapp's only played in um, 12 of the uh, 10, or started in 10 of the 12 games. Um, you know, averages six th- 6.3 points a game. You know, nothing, this is nothing we haven't seen before, okay? This is, it's not. It's, it's nothing that we can't handle. Um, you know, Trap didn't even score in his last time out. He was 0 for 4 against Virginia. It's it's hard telling who's gonna they're gonna roll in there as their actual starting lineup. But this is a game we should win. We were close last year, and we were a much worse team last year. Uh, Bray seems to be figuring out the rotations, how to get guys rest, how to keep legs going late in the second half. Uh, last season we lost to these guys 64-62, a game we should have absolutely won, but. Because we were a bad team, like I said about it in C. They're a bad team right now. Bad teams find a way to lose, no matter how much victory looks like a certainty. That's kind of what happened last year in this game for us against Clemson. Now, Darren Pritchett of 96.1 Sports, uh, 96.1 Sports up in, uh, I believe it is South Bend. I'm pretty sure that's where he's at now. He was kind of dishing out some tweets the other day about, okay, we're on a three-game winning streak now. We've got a nice record going. Things look up. It looks a lot more up than where we were. Fourteen and eight, five and six in the conference right now. Are in that net rankings that used to be the RPI. Uh, we're sixty-one. 
we're one and four against quad one teams, one and three against quad two teams. You know, there's four quads. Four, you know, your quad four is like your New Jersey Tech. Your quad one would be like your Duke. Two would be just kind of below that. Uh, he says on, uh, also for perspective on Notre Dame, Purdue, Purdue is in the field at a number 29 net ranking. So they're 32 spots higher, but they have three quad one wins. So that is where the things start to add up. Clemson would be a quad two win. Tell, tell me if you're taking notes. There'll be a quiz later, okay? Um, Virginia, a quad one win. Duke, a quad one win. So I don't know how Clemson is more of a quad two win than Pitt. I find Pitt to be the better team. I didn't make this up. But Wake Forest, Georgia Tech pretty much didn't do anything for us other than we won. It didn't hurt us. It just didn't really help us. Those were all quad three wins. Uh, Clemson being a quad two win, get this win on the road. This is going to be like win and get out. Now, does Clemson automatically become a quad three win? They're going to be 11 and 12. These are the questions that I have. Tweet at the show. Tell me how dumb I am. I, I look forward to it. Uh, but then the opportunities are out there, back to back, Virginia and Duke. And we almost, in a sense, with this type of schedule, we kind of control our own destiny. You look at what we have coming up, Virginia Duke. I don't care what anybody says. I'm done with the uniform discussion, and I made that argument uh, in North Carolina. Look out, you know, the uniform, get in your head. No, that's a bad basketball team. We get North Carolina after UVA and Duke. We rev up for that matchup. We get Miami, BC, Wake after North Carolina. That's four straight winnable games. This is all possible. This is all out there for us. I mean, you look at a team like Xavier, who I thought was dead in the water, and they've reeled off wins that they were supposed to get and snuck in a Seton Hall big quad one victory. Um, and now they're sitting there at 16 and 8 firmly in the tournament. So that is where we're at right now. We have got to continue winning and taking these games that we absolutely should get, just like tonight. So we got some Irish players headed to Indy. Nine guys headed to the Combine. Uh, hey, this is awesome. I mean... You know, Kelly has done such a good job at feeding talent to the NFL, to the combine, bringing in the talent that has the ability to get there. I mean, it's great. It's great to see what Kelly has done and really, really just put us back on the forefront of like, okay, you know, we're not winning the big games. I don't, I don't disagree with that. I also don't disagree that this, you know, things could be better, but things could be a lot worse too. You know, 07 wasn't that long ago. Okay, maybe it was. 16 wasn't all that long ago. Do you want to go through that crap again? I'm good. I am good. I, I don't need that in my life. My, my blood pressure can't handle it. So with this combine, I mean, I'm looking at guys. So real quick, just to list off the names that are going to be there. We got Chase Claypool, Chris Fink, Tony Jones, Colk Met, Khalid Kareem, Julian Aquara, Jalen Elliott, Alohi Gilman, Troy Pride. Um, out of those guys, I don't know if Komet can really do much for himself. I mean, he's the top tight end taken. It's really going to come down to team needs. Who needs a tight end? Um, you know, he might fall away to like the Patriots, for instance. I mean, he could go top 10. It's who needs that tight end and who values it that much. I mean, he may not go at all in the first round. I don't see that happening, but very much a possibility because if a team doesn't need him, despite need a tight end or they value another position, then... I don't care how good he is. If you have your tight end, these teams are set in their ways. They know what they want. Um, not a lot of them, they come in with a draft board and a plan. Not a lot of them deviate from that plan, um, unless you're the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, 
you know, you don't really, you don't see a lot of, oh, that guy's still there. Let's just grab him, even though that wasn't in our top three on our board. Now, I can't see that happening. I think he's going to go to somebody. I think everybody sees the value of a good tight end, especially after guys like Gronk and, you know, you look at a guy like Greg Olson and you look at a guy like Jimmy Graham, especially these hybrid tight ends that are just a mismatch nightmare, too fast for a linebacker or safety or too big for a corner. I mean, it's just invaluable what these guys can do to t- and especially in the the way we're throwing the ball now and college offenses are sneaking their way to the NFL. I mean, for no other reason to run them off, run off a guy and get it to your slot receiver or something like that. I mean, I don't I just don't think he can improve much more um on what he has. You know, once he gets there, takes his shirt off, he's in shorts and a t-shirt, he's going to look great. As long as he gets there and doesn't look like he has pan hands and just can't catch the ball. Uh, Chase Claypool, I think he can improve greatly because I don't see him. I mean, I think he could be first round talent. Again, this is going to come down to needs and I think he can improve his position greatly by he's going to be a physical freak. And when these GMs and scouts get there and see him up close and personal and they see what kind of specimen he is again, all he doesn't have pan hands or everything's just falling to the ground. If he shows out and shows what he can do, I think he could get back solid second round because there's some drafts that don't even have him doing to the third or fourth. Um, I think he could solidify second round and then it's just going to be kind of what do his numbers look like? I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of these GMs and scouts, it doesn't matter four year career. It was amazing. And you had just an okay combine. They're just, they write you off. And I, I just, it always blows me away that they don't trust the tape more than the combine. Um, who else? Julian Aquara just needs to show that he's healthy. Uh, Gilman, Gilman's going to be a tough one. Uh, well, let's go back to Aquara. He's showing he's healthy, but he also needs to be able to show that the injury's recovering well and he's going to be good to go because he's obviously not going to be full strength for the combine. Khalid Kareem, I I, yeah, I don't know. I, I think they're going to trust the tape um, uh, quite a bit. At least they should. Um, I don't think he's going to do anything to hurt himself. He He's a good kid. Speaks well. He'll do well on the Wonderlick. He'll do well on the the written or the uh, interview portion of it. And then as long as he goes out there and does what he can do during the drills, I, I see no issues there. Uh, I, I'll tell you who the two I think can help themselves the most is Tony Jones and Jalen Elliott. And the first person I thought of when I thought, how can somebody improve themselves is Miles Boykin last year. Ran that four four forty. We didn't know he was that fast. I mean, that was impressive, just impressive speed, four four two, And I think a guy like Tony Jones, who has questions about his speed, not his durability, but his speed, um, he has good vision, catches the ball out of the backfield. And a guy like Jalen Elliott, who's not necessarily an athletic specimen, if they can go out there and they can woo with a 40 time, or, you know, some of these, uh, some of the drills, if they, if their drills are just so clean and perfect, Really, the 40 time. I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Everybody gets their eyes all big. You know, again, four-year career, even though in the bench press, the vertical leap, all those things, if you blow your 40 time out for whatever reason, that your straight line speed really goes a long way with these GMs and scouts. And I think a guy like Tony Jones and a guy like Jalen Elliott, if they can really just piece together one hell of a 40, uh, I think they could... I think they improve their draft stock because right now those two guys potentially go undrafted. In fact, I think there's a decent chance Tony Jones does go undrafted. 
Um, but if they go out there and they show they've got the 40 time and they've worked hard enough to put themselves in that position, then I definitely think that uh, I think getting drafted is a definite possibility. If not, they can just confirm it, stamp it that day. Um, Jalen Elliott, I mean, I doubt this kid no more. I'm the one that said a couple years ago he doesn't even look like a Division One player against um, LSU, and he has just proven me wrong time after time, worked his way into a, being not only a solid starter but a damn good player, captain of the team. I mean, I'm done doubting him. So outside of being a first-round pick, I'm done doubting you, Jalen. You, you have my um, – uh, just unquestioned support. I, you can do whatever it is. You might be MVP of the Super Bowl one day. I don't know. I just know I'm done doubting you after making such a bold statement, and then you turning your career around. I mean, I gotta get I gotta get him on the show. We gotta get him on the show before the draft or something. And I'll tell him what I said, and because I'm gonna use it as a compliment. Like the kid has just worked his ass off. I want to know what he did. I want to know what he did. Did it just click? Did he change something? I want to know what happened because he that time looked lost out there. He did. He looked lost out there, and I think he'd be the first one to admit it. I'm not trying to bag on a college kid, but he's not a kid anymore. He's over 18. That's what we're here for is to do analysis. He looked bad, and now, I mean, I think the sky's the limit for him. I mean, clearly he's a hard worker. So uh, Troy Pride, he's going to have a great 40. I mean, I, I, I just don't know. I know... He doesn't rank very high amongst corners, but he had a great, great Reese's All-Star game. Um, you know, that's all anybody could talk about that week was how well he played. Now, how do they value that over what they've seen in his career? You know, he was solid. He was above average cornerback. Um, it's just going to be, I think the drills will help him a lot, and they, they see him up close and personal. I think he gets drafted. I do. And I think he can greatly improve his draft stock by just showing out. I mean, everybody can improve it to a certain degree. Um, I just don't think a guy, the only person I don't think can improve theirs is just Cole Komet. Like I said, I think it's just going to come down to team needs for the most part. So let's get to talking about one side of the pros. Let's go to the other side of the pros in the XFL right after this. So Vince McMahon's XFL is back at it again, nearly 20 years later, uh, after a few other defunct leagues, including the arena league, we got the XFL back. Um, all the disposable income that they say they have over like $300 million that they're prepared to lose, I think Vince is serious. And Vince has enough of an ego that I think this is going to work for at least two seasons. He won't let it go after one. I think he's bound and determined to prove this time, especially after the AAF disaster that didn't even finish their season. I think he's going to say, <clears throat> whatever, this is happening I have enough money. I can always make more. Um, good problem to have if you got it. Oliver Luck, you know, GM of the league, whatever he, whatever his title is, I'm actually not sure. I'm not up to as up to date on this XFL one as I was the AAF, and I I enjoyed the AAF. I I truly did. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know if this makes it long term. I don't know if football's ever going to make it long term outside of the NFL. It is unfortunate. I'd love to hear your guys' opinion. Hit us up, Locked On Irish on Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on what the first weekend of the XFL and your thoughts on spring football in general. I don't. So the two things I don't like about this league already is how soon after the Super Bowl. One of the unique things about football and one of the mystiques and things that we love about it is there's not that much of it. 
or hockey, baseball, basketball. It just goes on forever. And if you love those sports, then that's great. I'm not knocking you. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not going to be that guy that's going to knock your sport. Or if you're a soccer fan, I mean, you, you know, EPL goes like nine months. Um, I think they could have waited. Let everybody miss football for a minute. I think that's a mistake. I know they're trying to capitalize on, oh, the uh, you know, football's not over. Super Bowl Sunday wasn't it. Come back. I, I think it's a mistake. You got to let people miss football. That was one of the things the Arena League did well. They didn't start back up till like April when it was at its peak. They had 18 teams, I think 19 teams at their peak in the mid, uh, what was it, 2007, something like that. And some teams were doing well. The, the Arena League initially was doing well. And they overexpanded. Now, I think the um, XFL is doing good with only eight teams. And I enjoyed what I seen yesterday. I did. I, I thoroughly enjoyed what I seen yesterday. I re- again, really love to hear from you guys. Let me know what you think. I like the access, especially somebody that covers sideline. I like the interviews. I like the access. I know some old timers and, and not even old timers. People just disagree, and that's fine. That's what makes this such a great country. We can disagree on things. But I liked all the access. I liked the fact they actually embraced the betting part of it. I liked the, uh, I liked the entertainment. They really embraced the entertainment because, yes, as much as some people want to go back to the '60s and get rid of commercials and every everything about it and just play football, it's not it. It's never happening. We're never going back. Music in the stadiums, jumbotrons, advertisers. We're never going back. We're never going back. And if we did, that means football doesn't exist in its current capacity. You're never going to fill stands. If that's the case, as long as we're filling stands, all that stuff's going to come with it because media is at its peak right now. Or I don't even know if it's hit its peak. If you have something, if I'm mowing my backyard and I can fill a stadium, you can bet your ass Bud Light's hopping on it. Okay? If I can fill a stadium, uh, I seen this thing the other day called kick golf. It's like a soccer ball and you kick it into a hole, I guess. I don't know. It's like an hour away. You can go do this, and it's like a course. If you filled that with 80,000 fans, it's going to have a Twitter page. There's going to be Facebook. It's going to have an IG. We're going to have commercials. There's probably going to be a review set up. All the things that some people complain about football, that's what. That's why football's so big because of it. We've had to implement these things because it's gotten so big. If we only had the game on the field, then we wouldn't have review because nobody cares enough. We wouldn't have TV contracts. We wouldn't have commercials or a Super Bowl halftime show. Or, you know, I've seen some people complain about the halftime show again. Oh, I hate halftime shows. Not just specifically this one, but halftime shows in general. Um, you know, I like that they're experimenting with some new rules. The kickoff's going to take some getting used to, but I don't hate it. Uh, the conversions I could do without as far as the one-pointer. The one-pointer doesn't make sense to me. Two two yard at the two yard line for one point. I I would take that one away in the off season, and do two points from the five and three from the ten. So, I I like the nine point touchdown potential. It's good stuff right there. Again, they embraced the gambling side of it. I definitely liked every bit of it as far as from a marketing perspective. I liked what where they're going. I think it will make it exact probably at least two years because again Vince has too much of an ego. They have too much money behind it. They're prepared to lose. So speaking of marketing, if, you're, if you've if you been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But what you may not know is Locked On Irish is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Notre Dame fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener. 
a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Notre Dame fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit com slash advertising. Can't wait to hear from you. And remember, Notre Dame, nationwide, worldwide brand. Hop on with us right now. Uh, so we do have some guys on the, we do have some Notre Dame guys in the XFL. Tarian Folston with the Tampa Bay Vipers right now on injured reserve. You know, I just expected more from Folston in his career overall. Uh, it's unfortunate he's been a little ouchy, been kind of dinged up. Niles Morgan did play yesterday. I have no box score, so I will keep you, I'm interested. I have kind of an affinity for minor league football. I want to see how it works. Um, Again, going back to things I didn't like, I wish they, I'm did I say this or not? I've told so many people this. I may have said it. I don't know. You can edit it out later. I just wish they'd have picked different cities. I wish they'd have picked non-NFL cities. In fact, I'm surprised the NFL's letting them do this. Um, again, another thing that I think they need to embrace, too, is being a minor league. Do not try to compete with the NFL. Be your own thing. Know what you are. Self-awareness will take this league as far as it wants to go, but they have got to be self-aware. Um, again, uh, so now we're back. Uh, Niles Morgan, uh, Seattle Dragons did play yesterday. Dragons lost to D.C., the D.C. Defenders. The uniforms are pretty dope, too. I got to say I can appreciate these uniforms. Uh, Greer Martini is on the Dallas Renegades. Jaron Jones is playing on the offensive line at Tackle interestingly enough, uh, for the New York Guardians. And also, Scott Daly, who played same time frame as um, Jaron Jones, is a teammate of Jaron Jones on the Guardians as a long snapper. Man, I tell you what, my son, he's going to start, he's two, he's going to start long snapping tomorrow. Get him a full ride scholarship and get him to the league, man. There is, I mean, what a simple, simple job. I mean, I know it's tough. Trust me, I've done it did it for a couple years but man if you can get just snapping the ball and get paid millions of dollars pfft, i'm in it's like talking to myself on this uh, podcast i gotta get the boys back on here boys and girl now back on here um just busy schedules but we'll get everybody back soon remember locked on irish facebook twitter spotify itunes iHeartRadio. we're everywhere you can't get rid of us Tomorrow we'll get to your favorite prospects on the defensive side of the ball for the Notre Dame 2020 class. And we'll also talk about uh, how Notre Dame fared tonight against Clemson. Remember, ACC Network, 6 o'clock tip. Till next time, go Irish.